Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Again, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate. And, um, of course, I am here with my team. Um, We're short one team member tonight. Mary Baker is not able to join us. Uh, She's actually in the house, so to speak, and uh, she is upstairs. So, as all of our WATD listeners know, we have our studio right here in our office in Pembroke Center, right across the street from Stop and Shop. So, if you're in the area and you want to say hi to us, come on over. Say hi. Come on over. Come on on down. You're the next contestant. Uh, And then you just heard that lovely voice of Miss Melissa Wallace, and she is the director of Boston Connect Real Estate. She's the one over here that is really the brains of the operation, keeping everybody uh, together and uh, doing everything here for the office. (laughs) I love that little sound with Price is Right. Oh, Price is Right. (laughs) I I have the Price is Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, So it's just me and you, Mel. What do you think of that? Um, well, uh, it's not just you and I. I know, yeah. We do have a guest. Yeah. Um, and I gave my mom a little bit of a hint. I said, we're talking crap tonight. And she's like, <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, we're talking crap. <laughs> yeah. All things. So you know what? This guy can give us the poop on all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the stinker? <laughs> yeah. Are you scooping when I'm pooping? Okay. So sorry. That's, you know what? It's been such a long, long week and it's only Tuesday. And um, that's what you get when you put four houses on the market and end up with multiple offers um, on all of them. So uh, we have one of my favorite people in the industry. I have known this gentleman for a very, very, very long time. Um, And I know that I refer him to all of my clients when uh, his services are needed. And when I personally needed his services, of course, he is the first person that I went to. Uh, and his name is Shane McGlone. And he is, I mean, what do you, I mean, I know I call you a septic engineer, but like there must be a fancier term for that. Yeah, I'm actually a, a sanitarian, which means that I work on septic systems uh, up to 2,000 gallons a day. And that's pretty much all I do. Mm-hmm. 
So when you were, when you went to school for that, really, like, did you have to, like, I'm going, like, I want to be an engineer and I want to be a sanitarian or did it just like sort of happen to you that you sort of, you know, stepped into the poop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it happened. Irish lawyer was like, all right, boy, now that you're six years old, you get to work on Saturday. <laughs> and that's how it started. Oh, gosh. And Shane, your, is, and how is your Wi-Fi? Because it seems like you're going in and out. Yep, Shane's Wi-Fi is going a little bit in and out there. So we just want him to sort of uh, get back on track there. He looks like he's frozen for a little bit. So Good old Wi-Fi, right? What's that? Good old Wi-Fi. Yeah, Good old I Wi-Fi. Getting closer to the Wi-Fi. How about oh, you're that? You're getting better. We can hear you. Yes, we can. <laughs> getting warmer. Somebody, getting did warmer. somebody send something to you, Melissa, that you were laughing at on your phone? Just said it was a different date because uh, I got a uh, I got a text. Uh, it's Tuesday, Sharon, crying face, crying face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I don't know what day you said, but I didn't even notice because I have. I no said idea. it's been a long week, and they're oh, like, "Oh, it's only oh, Tuesday." Yeah, 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 it's only Tuesday. Is that our friend Liz? Yeah, that's Hi, our Liz. friend Liz. Liz from Brockton. Liz from Brockton, aka Melissa's mother, and then we also have aka Nanu, who's listening. Hello, Nanu. That's Hello, my dad. Nanu. I hope you found the right rice this morning. <laughs> he didn't. He got jasmine, by the way. Oh, I wish. Okay. Um, but Shane, tell that story again again about your dad was that your dad that said that my to you? grandfather actually bob mcglone was an engineer here on the south shore since the 40s uh-huh. and um so we st- it was a family business mm-hmm. and i went to roger williams in the 80s and i got a degree in architecture and when i got out um there really wasn't that much work and we saw title five coming down the road so i went back to school so mm-hmm. i could uh, get my registration as a sanitarian and Mm-hmm. Once I got that, I quit my job and that was 25 years ago. Wow. And you know what? Um, so that's interesting because I've been doing this 20 years and I want to say that I've probably known you the majority of that time. Uh, sure. So we've we've been together a long time. We've, we're growing old together here. <laughs> but you know what? It, it doesn't surprise me that I did not know that about you. That's a secret fun fact, I guess, about you going to taking being an architect because um, I have seen your home before and um, you've done all the design at your house, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and really good job over there. So and I, can I have some garlic this year? For crying out loud, I gave <laughs> yes. you great oil from Italy and you're holding <laughs> out on your garlic. He won't even give me a clove of garlic. You're on the top of the list. <laughs> okay, I'll give you another another can of oil, by the way, from Italy. Um, so again, to all IWA TV listeners and anybody who is listening to us on uh, Facebook Live and um, maybe our podcast now, um, I just wanted to let you know we are talking tonight about septic systems, Title five. And we have Shane McGlone with us, and he is a sanitarian. Um, we we did ask Al Wood to join us from AE Wood, and he gave me a hard, solid no. So then I texted Shane and said that he is a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked me to represent, so okay. here I am. All right, perfect, perfect. But I do, I do want to say, I'm sorry, and then you can go, but... Yeah. Um, I, I really do want to say this. I mean, all of our WATD listeners know, and for people who have been listening to me over the years on WATD when I have my Saturday show and everything, I really only bring guests onto our show that are people that I would use myself because I I just, I have this trust issue. And when I'm working with clients, it's almost like I get into like the baby cub mode 
Um, but without, you know, I mean, I don't have to, no BS here. Like you really are so good and you're so fair and you're so good to all my clients. And I just really want to thank you for me and my team. And then for all of us at Boston Connect Real Estate, uh, you do such a great job and uh, really give some really good information to us when we need it. So thank you so much, Shane, for that. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you for those kind words. I, I do remember when you came on the scene, you were a bit of a whippersnapper back then. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little slower now. <laughs> I'm a little slower. Yeah, I've been doing this 20 years. So, yeah, it was that. Those were the days. Yeah. Uh, so, you want to? Why don't you say some things you were going to say? Um, <laughs> I was going to get on. I Facebook. have lots of things to say. Yeah, we're on Facebook. So, if you are following us on Facebook, we're McNamara Broker Team, sharing Costa McNamara, uh, Boston Connect Real Estate. But um, so today, I had um, Lauren, who is our intern. She joined us last week uh, for our show. She sort of shadowed me today and and saw what. I do for promoting the show and coming up with, um, you know, the agenda. So I gave her the task of sort of learning about septic systems. Um, and I told her, if you watch us on Facebook or listen to us uh, tonight, you'll hear how exciting, how excited that Sharon gets about septic systems. And she, <laughs> it was just like, her face was blank. Like, why does she get so excited? I go, no, seriously. She's like, she knows so much and just, you know, mm. sort of jumps out of her seat. But um, but yeah, so she she did the agenda tonight. So let's dive right into it. All right. Um, so Shane, for, first off, I want to ask, um, are there sort of any regulations that a town may have in order for, uh, you know, an engineer to be able to design a septic system in that town? I know it's sort of when um, when you get a Title V done, I know some towns require you to be on a list of, of uh, Title V inspectors. Do they have that sort of same list for... Um, for the engineering or can sure, it, they, they have a list of people that do the most work in town, but I'm licensed to work in any town in Massachusetts. Oh, I'm licensed in any town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's well, awesome. Do you have to do CE classes as well? Yes. Yes. I have to okay. have continuing ed every year. How many hours 12. do you have to do? 12? Yeah, that's us. Yeah. All the hours years. every year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting though is for us, when we're talking about, um, like if we, we have a home inspection or a home inspection or something, anything, you're considered an expert in the state of Massachusetts because you're licensed in the state of Massachusetts. So if you told us something about a septic system, like, hey, Sharon, like, you know, the water over there or this, that, we have, now we have, to, that's something we have to disclose because you're an expert. Yeah. Mm. So, so tell us all the good stuff. No, we want to know the bad stuff. I mean, honestly. Yeah, well, we like to be honest on this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, into all of our clients, into all of our clients. Yeah. But um, all right, so let's let's sort of dive into. Well, not dive into a. No, septic I am system. not that'd diving be, into any septic terrible. system. <laughs> Sorry, we have a lot of jokes here. Um, but okay, so for anybody, e either one of you, um, really, not necessarily um, designing the septic, but let's sort of in general talk about that. So, when should you have your septic system? Um, inspected and how often should you have it? Mm -hmm. So what would be a reason why somebody would have their septic system? Yeah. And Shane, I mean, Shane is um, a sanitarian mm -hmm. and, um, but he also, he can do inspections, but he doesn't, right? I mean, you tend right. to stick to the other part of it is if your system fails or I don't know, some other things that he does do, he can tell us more about that. I know from a standpoint of listing a house that 
you know, it, and people are confused about this. The seller does not have to have a passing Title V to sell the house. Mm -hmm. You know who puts that requirement on is the bank. So the bank isn't going to give a buyer money if the system has failed. But you don't have to have it a past Title V. Is that true, Shane? Sure. I mean, you're going to get a nasty letter from the Board of Health if you if it fails. They're going to tell you you have to have it fixed within two years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could buy it in cash and Mm -hmm. and you know, sort of avoid it until the two years is up. Mm-hmm. And isn't it, I know that there was a time when if you got it inspected and it passed, so long as you pumped every two years, that it would then be good for three years. Is that still accurate? <clears throat> um, yeah, basically, if you pump it every year, now it's a little fuzzy between a brand new system I think you want to pump it between the second and third year and the inspection is good. Okay. Um, for a conventional Title V inspection, it may be every year. Like yeah. you said, I, I'm not doing a lot of inspections these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at what point in sort of the, the septic system journey of uh, <laughs> you know selling a home or, or you know building a home, at what point do we call you? You know, when when do your services sort of start for a homeowner? Daily as soon as possible. I mean, uh, these days things are moving so fast. I got a job the other day and the guy said, I just found out yesterday it's failed. It's going on the market tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was sold that day. And mm-hmm. I try to make it work within their time frames. But the sooner you can get out in front of it, the better. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients, especially the older clients who've got their stuff together that do it the year before, get it inspected, make sure everything's good so there's no surprises. And I feel like that's the best way to do it myself. I think be prepared for that because if it does fail, you have to, you know, it takes you in a different, you know, a different path than if it doesn't pass, you know? Yeah. And then, right. I mean, but Shane, I remember, I, I mean, I can only imagine how busy you are this year because I remember last year i mean you had like a pile of 20 in front of you i mean are you that busy right now yeah i usually have 20 in front of me at a time Um, but you know i do everything from the perk test to the survey and to the plan drawing and the overseeing of the construction so i'm pretty much maxed out at the amount that i'm doing right now yeah can you explain what a perk test is sure so in order to size a leaching field Typically, we need to know how permeable the dirt is on the site. So, for instance, if you have sand, it's very permeable and you can have a smaller leaching field. If you have got clay, then it's bigger and because you need more area for the water to be absorbed. So, a perk test is an on-site inspection where we bring a backhoe on-site and the health agent comes and we dig a couple of holes and we look and see what kind of soils we have. We see where the water table is. And then the actual park test is uh, digging a small hole in the big hole, pouring water into it and seeing how quickly it percolates into the ground. Mm-hmm. Generally, the perk rate dictates the size of the system and drives the price. Okay. Because I remember when I purchased this building in Pembroke Center, um, I remember you doing the perk test outside and I took a bunch of video of that. 
and I, that's why I, I really am very intrigued about this whole process, <laughs> right? Because he did it out back. And this is one of the things I want to say, and I know we are jumping around, but to all of our WATD listeners, if you have any questions for uh, Shane, you have some questions there? We have a question. Yeah, yeah we do have a question. Number. Yeah, thank you. 781-837-4900. So any of our WATD listeners, again, we're talking about Title V. So if you have any questions, feel free to buzz. 781-837-4900. But it looks like we have somebody who has a question through Facebook. Yeah, um, Paula, I think it's McMahon, um, has a question. Why is no one installing septic systems right now? Almost everyone I have called has told me they are not installing right now. Have you had not a... calling the right people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paula. <laughs> I have, a, I have f- four or five systems going in right now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, so they're... They're still doing it. Yeah, we'll try to get some more information from Paula. It depends on what town. She may be in a town like Hingham, Mm -hmm. which was almost shut down completely during the COVID that they just Mm -hmm. started opening up again. So I'd be curious to know what town she's in and where she's looking. Paula, comment again, uh, you know, what town you live in. And so we can sort of get some more information. So and and refer you somebody who can. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to call in, Paula, 781-837-4900. So we can have a little uh, conversation with you. But, you know, that's the other thing too, is, is I just feel, I remember... I am all over the place, but it was several years ago. I want to say it was about 10 years ago. A client of mine, actually, it was Kathy Sincotta. So they own mm-hmm. Sincotta Family Flooring and grew up with my father. Yes, grew up with your dad. <laughs> and um, he, they, they hired someone. So they lived in Pembroke and over on like Pinehurst, I think it was. And she call your real estate agent first. If you're thinking about putting your house on your market, please ask your real estate agent and your advisor, who are the people they use? Because I know, I am, honestly, I would arm wrestle somebody over this. I'm so sure of it, that we work with the best of the best in this industry, right? Mm -hmm. And she hired this specialist. He was a Title V specialist. He was charging her to give her the information that I would have given her and was charging her like $2,000 to do this. It was crazy. Mm. You do not need to do that. You don't need a specialist. No. Paula lives in Groton. 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 Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know what Groton is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But possibly Groton might be. My, know, my advice would be to contact the local Board of Health okay. office yep. and ask the health agent who, what installers do the most work in town, and they'll they'll tell you who the good people are without saying these are the good people. Yeah. And I think that a good, a good, cause I'm working with somebody right now that called me after they had actually um, gotten, had they had already hired some specialist from Dorchester because they know a lot about septic systems. But anyways, right. yeah, she did her research and everything and she's happy with that. She wanted to hire somebody that doesn't also install because she felt it was a conflict of interest, which is a fair, a fair thought that people mm-hmm. could have. Mm-hmm. But you know, she said that, well, the guy said that she, he, he isn't right. Re- like he has to pay his permit fee or whatever at the town of Pembroke. And he hasn't done it yet because this is the first one he's done in Pembroke this year. So that to me would have been a red flag. Like, could I have the person who put in the permit first? Like who is at the top of the, like who's yeah. doing the most work? I think that that's a good way to approach it. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, why don't we talk about, so w- when you design a subject system, how, what are the factors that you take into account of, of what type of system that property is going to need um, and sort of maybe go through some of the most common um, subject systems that you design? Sure. So I typically am going to get a call from a homeowner that's been told by somebody, an inspector, that they need to call me. And I go out there and I'm going to look at the size of their house in terms of how many bedrooms there are, how much land they have, uh, if they're in an uh, environmentally sensitive area or not. And then I'm going to look at things like where on the property it would fit the best, how we can get in there. And for the most part, I just work in the same towns over and over. So I probably have got some pretty good knowledge about the soils in your neighborhood already. Mm-hmm. So it helps me figure out where I'm going to dig some holes. Uh, once, I, if I get hired by the people, I set up a perk test. I go out there, I dig holes, I look at the dirt. I do some measurements in order to figure out where the house is on the property and... Uh, draw up a plan. Sometimes people want to increase the size of the leaching field. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't because they don't meet the code completely. But um, there's a bunch of different factors in terms of um, what they have in mind and what their future plans are. So let me ask a question. How involved will you help the seller? Like how, in, like if it's somebody who has, who needs to get some type of um, what is it like a variance because of size or conservation? Is it something that you would go before the board sure. with them? You yeah. do that. I mean, in general, that's most of what I'm doing is being the liaison between the town and and the homeowners to try to get them the permits so they can do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. I stick with them from the beginning to the end. I usually guide them towards installers so I can make sure that it's done right. You know, I generally charge the same to everybody. So if I have to go back to a job 50 times because the installer doesn't know what he's doing, it's just a pain for me. So I try to get the best installers on my jobs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I'll, that that's I'll help them through the process from the beginning to the end, honestly. Because I don't know, like, what are your requirements of what you have to do, like, for, because I do know that you go back and you're making sure that the tank is in, you're making sure things are level or, like, because I know that I see you sometimes out there going, just going and checking and making sure that things are done right. Is that a requirement of yours or is it just yeah. something that you do? I mean, that's, a requir- that's what any, that's what any professional is going to do. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what we're being paid to do is to make sure that it's done right. You know, the homeowner has put their trust in me to make sure that the system is designed uh, and built the, according to the code, and I help them make sure that happens. One question I'd like you to answer for our listeners is when it comes to how many bedrooms, like what constitutes how many bedrooms? And I know you just, you sort of gave an answer about the leaching field, but you know, size of tank, leaching field, all those things. And how many bathrooms can you put in a house? How, how does that work? Sure. So bathrooms does not affect the size of the septic system at all. It's only bedrooms. So there are two ways to count bedrooms. One is when you have a house that has got eight rooms or less, you just count the rooms with the beds in it. That's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And in general, you're going to be grandfathered to the amount of bedrooms that you have. When you have a larger house that has over eight rooms, you 
the room count is divided in half and you round down. So if you've got a, a 14 room house, that's going to be a seven bedroom septic system automatically. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, and then there are circumstances when if you, especially in Pembroke, when you are in a small lot around the ponds, that um, you're not going to be adding bedrooms generally because you're in a, you know, a zone two to a public water supply or you're around the public water supply. Mm -hmm. So you can't meet the code completely. That's why it's so important to be grandfathered to the amount that you have. And that is one of the things I'm seeing too, is like tight tanks around the ponds. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, you're bringing up Pembroke right now, but of course we all do all the South Shore. Is it the same requirements around the ocean as well? Are a lot of those like with it? Because I don't really hear that as much. Yeah, no, honestly, the the ocean is doesn't have the same setbacks as uh, public water supplies. Public water supply like Silver Lake, you would have to be 400 feet away with a leaching field. Mm-hmm. And um, the ocean is typically just, you know, the 50 or 100 or whatever the local regulations require. Hmm. Is that because it's always like circulating maybe or something? And you're not drinking out of it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They're not drinking out of a regular pond. Who's No one's drinking out of Furnace Pond, right? Or like sure Little are. Sandy? Sure. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's going through the different treatment facilities, yeah. but yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Makes me not be thirsty right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's so. Poland Springs plug right there. <laughs> exactly. I love Poland Springs. I there is a favorite. difference between all of the waters. I, I swear. <laughs> they all taste different. Um, okay. So uh, back to my question. So what are some of the most common um, uh, septic systems that you're designing um, right now? Uh, whether it be, well, I won't give them away. I have sure. a Sure. Okay. So in general, <laughs> a septic system is comprised of a septic tank, which is just a box. Everything goes into the tank from the house. Mm-hmm. There's a, a filter on the outlet of the tank and water goes off to a leaching field. So you can have uh, plastic leaching fields that we're using a lot these days. You can have perforated pipe and stone. You could have concrete chambers. Each of these different configurations um, is pretty site specific to maybe how much room you have or how much room over the water table you have. Mm-hmm. So, but we do have the go-to leaching fields that we've been using the, the uh, plastic or the infiltrator chambers the last 15, 20 years. We've been doing a lot of those. Mm-hmm. They're easier to build. You know, there's some evidence that they don't last quite as long, but they're easier to replace when you do have to. So, um, so do you, are you the one who makes the final decision or, or who makes the final decision on, yes, this is exactly how it's going to be and look, yeah, I this do. type of system, you do? Yeah, you do it a few thousand times and you get the hang of it. <laughs> this, is, this is your septic system, all right? Yeah. Take it or leave it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. I mean, there are just so many different considerations that he does put into play. I mean, I remember specifically one time on Edgewater Drive, um, there was a system there. They didn't take my advice and didn't get the septic taken care of beforehand to get it inspected. And what they have is a reserve area where if your system should fail, this is where the reserve is. So that's where the new septic system could go. I don't know if it's still still the same way. And I don't know if Shane will remember this story, but my homeowner bumped into the 
potential buyer in the backyard where I was coming in the front. And he asked about putting a pool over in the corner, right where the reserve area was. And the homeowner was like, yeah, you can put a pool over there. No problem. The septic system's here. Well, the septic system failed. And Shane came out. You were so good about that. That was earlier in my career too. And um, I was trying not to be mesmerized by those green eyes of yours. (laughs) 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 Making them blush. Um, So in... He was so good with saying, I, well, you can't put it here, but you could put it here. You could put it there. Like he came up with three other places these people could put the pool. But of course, none of those worked because it wasn't where they wanted it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but what, like, so if you have a, it's basically the size of the leaching field that matters because the tanks are all what, 2000 now? 1500 gallon is a minimum size. Yeah. 1500, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of a tight tank. That's up to seven bedrooms. Over seven bedrooms, it's larger. And then, so just the leaching field increases with each bedroom. Yes. Right. Okay. So you need a pretty big backyard to have seven bedrooms, no? It gets bigger. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much land you have. A typical house lot of a one acre or 40,000 feet, that's plenty of room in general. But we always mm-hmm. tend to run out of room somehow or another. Mm-hmm. Well, so what are... I'm trying to word this uh, right. So... Your leaching field. What can't you do on it? What can you do oh, on it? That's a good it? question. Like on top know. of it? Yeah, on top yeah. of it. Can you well, plant a garden I mean, on top of it? You could. I mean, it depends on how deep it is. In general, most of our systems are pretty shallow these days. So there's a foot or two or three feet of cover over it. Mm-hmm. If um, it's if there's only a foot of cover over it and you run a rototiller over the thing and you start ripping out pipes, that's a good indication you should stop. (laughs) (laughs) At what point do you know you should stop? When you start seeing the pipes. (laughs) Right, right. You're there. (laughs) Yeah. So, what um, what about like a a pool? No, you don't want to put an above ground. I had one last year where the guy had his above ground pool on top of it and every year he would you know, release all of the hundreds of gallons of water right on top of the field and it would flood the thing out. And his oh. wife was wondering why the laundry didn't work for a couple of weeks. And, you know. oh. and they kept doing it every year? Like you yeah, wouldn't think I like, oh, maybe I shouldn't release the water from I, um, I, I gave him a new system and then his wife was like, I, I'm looking forward to when you guys are leaving because the, we're putting a new pool on top of it. And I explained to them why they couldn't do it. I explained to the husband why I couldn't do it. And he made me tell his wife. He was like, you're going to have to tell her and I'm not going to be here. I'm like, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing is, I mean, it makes sense to me because I also know, like I had a situation one time and I think it was Al that had to go there. or Maybe it was you with like, like a camera. Somebody had to go there with a camera. I think it was Al and a truck like after construction this the septic system was in the front yard the leaching field was in the front yard and the, i don't know some construction over the years a big truck went over it so it like sort of crushed it yeah. but it and it wasn't that it crushed the pipe so much that it put it off balance and that made a huge difference for some reason or another because i guess they yeah you need in, it in general heavy equipment should stay off of any of the leaching or the septic tank or the piping Usually a, a good contractor, let's say he's a tree guy with a crane, the first thing they're going to ask you when they show up is where is your septic system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, if, if they put a stabilizer mm-hmm. down on top of uh, 
a, a leaching pit and they get the thing way up in the air and next thing you know it collapses and somebody's going to get hurt so yeah it's, it's not just for that was in the news reasons. a couple of years ago on my street yeah oh, that really? happened yeah yeah we had a um a tree removed here from um newcomb came and and removed a tree and they had all these fun cranes and everything and but the guy came right in and wanted me to show him exactly where the septic system is so i put on my hard hat and i went outside <laughs> and i said it's right there <laughs> you know and back to that about like you know finding the location i mean that's one of the things i appreciate you didn't do it just because it was me but you do it for all your clients is our system originally was behind you know the building that's behind us and it just wasn't going to work down there but it was between you lisa Cullity, who's the board of health agent and Al, all three of you were here. And I remember Shane saying, well, you guys, like, why don't we just put it in the front yard? Like, why is no one even thinking of this? Mm -hmm. Like, put the leech, um, yeah, put the leeching in the front yard. And then my tank is in the back, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. So, but mine, I think I had to do an upgrade, right? So we can park on it if yeah. we wanted to. Yeah, because the leaching field, yeah. we can park yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, so that was my going to be my next question. Are there things that we can do for a leaching field or even where the septic is that the tank is actually um, installed? Are there uh, things that you can do to it so you can put sure. you know, heavy equipment? Sure. Yeah. You can go to heavy duty tanks. You can go to leaching chambers that are loaded for heavy duty. That's what we did at your place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's generally a last case resort you know when because at some point in the future they all fail and you're going to have to take out the leaching and replace it and if it's under the asphalt well you're going to be repaving also and you're already not happy about putting a new system in you now you have to repave mm -hmm. so it's good to keep it out of these areas that are going to be you know highly congested in the future so with a with a residential property um is it you're not supposed to put a driveway over that is that because of the because of people driving on it or is it because of the weight the yeah the, the weight, weight of, of the actual of, asphalt you can yeah. you can you can do it but um not you just have to have considerations you know yeah it wants to be vented a lot of it is oxygen uh -huh. so if you put asphalt over the top of the whole field it's not going to breathe as well as if it's, you know, a foot below the grade and it's just regular dirt on top of it, or grass. Or, mm. you know, so you couldn't a put lot a basketball of the water court. Go up. Can't put a basketball court on top of it or you can? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You can. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not recommended. Yeah. yeah. So I told the lady about the pool. Yeah, yeah. you can do that, but I'll be back. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah, so right. that's just like sort of like job security for you. Yes, of course. Go ahead, put the pool up. I'll see you in fifteen. <laughs> yeah. I try yeah. not to. I try to keep my uh, visits spaced out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, I, I cut you off. No, that's okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about with the systems too, and I sort of lost my train of thought. Oh, the different types of systems. So, you know, back, you know, there was the cesspool, but now I'm seeing a lot of times. So when you're in a house, one of these older houses that's in the 60s, and they have a cesspool and they're saying, well, it works perfectly fine. Why Why is it an automatic fail now? What's, what is the consideration of all the Board of Health's making them a fail? Well, in general, a cesspool is just a hole in the ground, you know, built with rocks. So there's a void and everything goes in there. The, the treatment doesn't happen the same way as in a septic system where there's a tank to separate things. Mm -hmm. So, and they have not been legal since 1966. So at oh, that really? point, you've got a pretty old system. Yeah. 
Wow, I did not know that. So should we stop asking if it's an automatic fail? Should we just say, yeah, yeah, yeah you well, can't so have In certain towns, though, successful. in Marshfield, I had to do some research recently. In Marshfield, it isn't an automatic fail unless something happens. I don't know. I asked. I, actually, I called the agent today because I had a feeling you might ask me about Marshfield. Oh, okay. And <laughs> cesspools are, are an auto fail in Marshfield. Hmm. If there, it's a single cesspool. If there's two of them in a row, hmm. then it's a different animal. They consider it to be like the first one is acting like a tank, and the second one is acting like a field. Yeah. So they would be connected to each other. Yes, in series. In the same property. Yeah. This yeah. Isn't like a cesspool next to another house with a cesspool <laughs> next to another one with a cesspool. Well, in the oldest <laughs> houses. And the, I did a lot of work in Duxbury, and you get some of these really old houses where yeah. they start out by one cesspool, and then it, there's a problem, and the old man digs a hole 20 feet away and puts a pipe from the first one to the second one. Yep. You know, 30 years go by, they do it again, and you know, sometimes you can have multiple ones in a string. Mm. And what about what now that we're talking about double tanks? What about didn't they used to do laundry? Like I don't understand what the big deal is about. I, I would think it would make sense to have a separate one for laundry, especially with right now too. Shane, here's another guy. See, I'm getting excited. Here we go, and we have ten mm -hmm. minutes left. But now everybody's using antibacterial everything. So isn't that now the systems aren't working the way they're supposed to, right? Because don't you need natural bacteria to break sure. everything down? So explain and that. You could also look at it, instead of saying antibacterial, you could say antiseptic. Uh -huh. And if it's antiseptic, it's literally antiseptic. Think oh, about it that way. you are so, so clever. It's a, it's a biological <laughs> system. There's bugs in there that are doing the heavy lifting for you. And if you... You know, the chemicals that go down, kill everything downstream, then it's not going to work properly. That is so interesting because I'll tell you, at the beginning of COVID last year, I bought Lysol antiseptic and I was washing all of our clothes in all of that. So I was breaking down my system. I'll be at your house knowing. soon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, my system went in in 92, you know what I mean? So, I mean, right. I'm, I'm sure. How long do they last? Right. It depends on the configuration and how it's treated. But in the old days, we used to figure 20 to 25 or 30 years. And these days, um, to be honest, the products that people are taking home from the drugstore, the supermarket, and the big box store have got all kinds of additives in there and all kinds of stuff is making its way into septic systems that never used to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the things that don't get consumed don't have to be approved by the FDA or any of that. So they're just adding stuff and hoping it works out. And sometimes it doesn't. Can you um, sort of explain why, like, some towns don't let you have a um, garbage disposal or why a garbage disposal isn't good for your septic system? Well, a garbage disposal is allowed under Title V, the state code, but the leaching has to be 50% larger. And the septic tank has to be larger in a two-compartment tank. So in the end, a garbage grinder, if you're using it, it doesn't really grind things up enough to do what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. If um, you decide that you want it, it's going to cost a lot more money and most people decide that they want to try composting. Mm -hmm. yeah. When it's I tell them how much it's going to cost. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because that was literally, I was going to write you a note, ask them about garbage disposals and you did that. 
So mm -hmm. that was good that you could read my mind. You. But you would have to have two tanks in there. Can you explain to people though? I think it's interesting. Uh, like I try to explain to people what could happen with the system, whether it's new or not. But if somebody's putting cantaloupe grind down there, it's going into the system and then some of it's bypassing and getting through into the leaching, into those pipes. And there's all holes in those pipes, right? So they're clogging yeah, yeah. the pipes. It's mostly the dirt. Grease. It's the dirt that gets clogged, you know, grease and basically anything that makes it past the tank can clog up the dirt or the interface between the, the soil and the leaching. That's where everything happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows that I'm married to a plumber, right? Yeah. So we grew up with a septic, like uh, my girls grew up with a septic system. So I have two teenage, well, they, no, not teenagers anymore, they're 26 and 25. But as they were growing up, you know, there were certain things that we had to tell them that don't go down the toilet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then we would make sure that their friends knew and all this other stuff. So my girls know this. So right now we're putting in new countertops and we put in a new sink. And I've been saying to Mark for the past few weeks, like, you know, I drain just seems really slow for some reason in the kitchen. So he was yesterday, he took out the, I don't know, the drain in the sink, two straws, two straws are down my drain. So Casey and Mackenzie, if you're listening right now, you have some explaining to do. They were both home for Easter. Yeah, you know, we know what not to put down the system. So they're shoving, but you must see that. Like I, you have to, people do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually people that are from the city, honestly, that yeah. never have had not, to have those kind of considerations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And grease and, uh, too, right? Like, yeah, grease is a, a major problem. If you pour it down the drain, obviously it's going to go right through the tank. Eventually, make it right to the leaching. Mm -hmm. You know, certain uh, certain people have got more problems than others. It depends on how you live and what mm -hmm. you eat and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I know we're talking about sort of single family homes, but have you or do you design um, what is it called a cluster community system? Like maybe uh, for I do like some, yeah. In in Halifax, I do the Halifax condos, and mm. as well as um, one of the mobile home parks, and it generally is uh, a disaster. Honestly, you know, once you get more than one family yeah. on one system, everybody assumes that no one's going to take care of it, and then no yeah. one does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone is responsible for the cost once it needs to be replaced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, it goes through the condo that. association mm -hmm. and then, um, you know. All the systems they, failed. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one spot where I am putting multiple systems in the same buildings over and over and the people mm -hmm. just keep doing the same thing. Because they don't care. Right. Yeah. So what about timeline? Let's talk about that. Again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here on WATD and you're watching us live on Facebook under McNamara Broker Team or Sharon Costa McNamara. Uh, you can find us on Instagram as well. Um, how, and we have Shane McGlone with us and he is a sanitarian, which sanitarian. is AKA septic engineer. So from start to finish, this is the big thing that I think people are surprised about. It's like, all right, my system failed. Okay, I'll just call an engineer. Okay, it's put in. Can you explain that process? And we have four minutes to do that. Sure. In general, I tell people it's a month and a half from start to finish, mm -hmm. you know, and then that being said, I can move it through faster if we've got one of my real estate agents, like I'm not going to mention any names, happens to call me and tells mm -hmm. me that it's now to the front of the list. 
John. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, the reality is that we can do it fairly quickly, but um, there's just a lot going on all the time. I only call that favorite in occasionally, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I'm buying a building. I need a new septic system tomorrow. <laughs> no, actually, what are you doing was... right now? <laughs> I just happened to be driving down the street. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we put that thing in and closed in 23 days. It gives yeah. me a hot flash because I'm embarrassed that I did that, but I don't call in many favors. Yeah. But I think too, and that's like your portion. I mean, that's going to town hall in certain towns. Like I know the town of Pembroke, you give the engineer plans they send them out to an engineer then they come back if you need changes then you have to wait for them to have a meeting then you have to send it out to bid then you have to wait for the installer to get it in you know so it could take sure. a couple two to three yeah. months easily right it can. For the whole it can one of the benefits of this whole covid craziness is that the consultant is uh stays home and i send him a pdf of the plan and uh you know quite often it's turned right around you know, yeah. the, the health the department doesn't time. want you to know about that. But yeah, yeah. We, we, we've uh, shortened some of the timelines because of that. That's good. That's good. Well, I wish we could uh, continue to talk poop here, but our time has uh, sort of gone. So Shane, um, how do you prefer? Do you want people to just call you if they need um, some help or do you like to go through the agents? And I mean, what do you prefer? Yeah, I, in general, I, I get all my work by referral. So if mm -hmm. you um, wanted to speak to Sharon or, or any agent, I, mm -hmm. I only work in certain towns. So um, mm -hmm. there's that. Sorry about the people Broughton. in Groton there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you could visit my website at mcglonesseptic.com. And there's a link there for my email. And there's some photographs there to show you what uh, these things look like. Yeah, and I'm so interested in this all the time, and I don't even know why I could talk about this for literally two hours, but we can't do that. I do want to let our listeners know we do have, we had four new listings come on the market last week. We have another one coming on this week. It is in Plymouth. It is a four-bedroom colonial. Uh, the price is still to, to be determined. I'm thinking it's going to be $4.99, and that is at two uh, Pine Needle in Plymouth, so that's going to be a great one and probably doing an open house this weekend. Uh, we still have 220 Mattachusa Street that is available. Um, we're in the process. We do have an offer on that, but uh, nothing has been uh, decided 100% on that yet, but that is on the pond. And I was there, Shane, uh, Lucky Dog is right down this, right on the end there. And I got the number of the band the other day and I was texting the band and putting in requests for songs as people were coming <laughs> to my open house. So That's it was nice. a lot of fun. Yep. Mel, do you want to uh, bring us on out if we have just a minute here? Yeah, well, thank you all for listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. We will be back next Tuesday uh, to be determined what we are going to be talking about. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll figure that out. But thank you so much, Shane, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And um, again, if you guys have any questions, give us a call here at the office, 781-826-8000. You can find us at bostonconnect.com. Bye. Thank you so much, Shane. I appreciate thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye, Benjamin. Have a great night. All right.